For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore He says when He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Halgrimson. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure and go to our website. That's truepatriotministries.org and check that out. Also, I want to put a little note in here. When you go to the website, now if you use an RSS feed of any kind, uh, Feedly, and I know there's some other apps out there, what I've just learned recently is that if you add our website to your RSS feed. Uh, so you would do truepatriotministries.org and then do slash feed, F-E-E-D. Then you can add it to your RSS feed. And every time I add something to the blog page, uh, it will notify you and, and you will have it there. So you can keep up to date on what's going on, the notes for the shows and those kinds of things, anything else I post in there. And then um, I would really enjoy... And I always enjoy hearing from you. So just go to our contact page and you can send us a quick message. Or if you'd rather, you can send us an email. We have people that do that uh, at reachout, R-E-A-C-H-O-U-T at truepatriotministries.org. There are several pages that you can look at on the website. Uh, There's resources page. There's a neighborhoods page. There's a giving page. We're debt-free ministry, and that's the way we intend to keep it. Uh, we don't believe in going into debt in a ministry and paying out uh, money that people are giving to financial institutions in the form of interest. And it just doesn't seem smart for us. And that's our preference. And, you know, this series that we're in right now, we just started it last week. We did the, uh, the first episode last week on Sunday for Fear and Hate. Today, we want to cover fear and hate and the fact that there is a direct correlation between faith, fear, and perversity. There is a direct correlation between a perverse generation and a generation that has no faith. And we want to cover that today. We want to kind of go through some scriptures and, and visit these things so we can bring some understanding to it. Now, there is there is a key here that I want you to get. So faith and fear cannot exist in the same, same spirit at the same time. Can't be in the same place, same time. You either have faith, and your faith is strong enough, it's repelling fear or putting fear where it belongs, which is not in your life. Um, or you have fear. You won't have them in the same place, same time. So faith 
you could say it this way. Faith is fear, or excuse me, fear is faith perverted. So the devil, what he does is he takes what God has created and he perverts it. He twists it. He corrupts it. Uh, I, I don't know how else to say it. He twists it. And uh, or he counterfeits it. That's a good way of saying it. And so we want to, as we're going through Scripture, recognize these things. And then you might be asking, okay, so why is fear and hate so important to know and to understand? Because fear drives hate, and that's something that we want to understand. Uh, now there is a type of hate that that we have as believers. Um, and I'm not really geared up to touch on this right now. I just will say this. You don't hate people. So if anybody's out there and they're, they're saying we preach hate or, you know, they're preaching against their brothers or something like that, it, it's just put it aside until you can put it in the right place. Just put it aside. But, there is a, a reverence um, that you can have for God and for God's things and honor a respect. And there is a, there's a hate. So I can say this. I don't hate the man. I hate the sin. Why do I hate the sin? Because the sin grieves the Holy Spirit. It's offensive to the Holy Spirit. Now, we were all sinners. We've been born again, given a new spirit. We are our new creation, and sin uh, does not drive us anymore. That being said, God is always in the process of refining us as you would gold. So he's taking us through, quote unquote, the fire, and that fire is burning off the impurities so that we can have that pure gold that we're supposed to have, which is uh, you and me in, in Christ Jesus. And, and that's the true us. So there's that hate where you hate the sin. You don't hate the person. Um, because until they die, I, I believe every person has a, the ability, the opportunity to give their life over to Christ and be saved. Um, and like I said, that's another, another time, another place. We'll get into that a little bit more. But today I just want to, we're talking about uh, fear and fear drives hate. We've got perverse generations. We have no faith. We're going to go through this, and there's a direct correlation between faith, fear, and perversity. So let's look at our text right now, and, and that is God is love. And we're going to look at John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. And he that fears is not made in perfect love excuse me, is not made perfect in love. So what we see here is in this first word, fear, there is no fear in love. That is the Greek word phobos. And they're talking about there's no dread. There's no terror. 
So you could read it this way and say, there is no dread, no terror in love. But perfect love casts out dread and terror because dread and terror has torment. So he that, that, uh, in this, he that fears is not made perfect in love. So let's look at this one because it's a different Greek word. Instead of phobos, we now have the Greek word phobio. And I may not pronounce it right, so just bear with me on those. Uh, but this is he that is alarmed or he that is reverence. So it's to be alarmed. It's to have reverence. Um, so he that has reverence, excuse me, he that is alarmed is not made perfect in love. And it may be a bit of a challenge to understand, but when you start digging into it more and more, you'll see these things. So alarm, I guess you could say it's surprised or something like that. It, it's not made perfect in love. So there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And he that fears or he that is alarmed has not been perf made perfect in love. Doesn't say that love isn't working on you. It just says he's not made perfect yet. So we know we don't want, so what God expects is we get to the point where we don't have fear in us. Fear is not driving us and we're not reacting to fear. So if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20, he says, and it's God saying this, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. And this is that correlation between faith, fear, and perversity. So we see here he's calling them a perverse generation. So that means this is a generation of people, an age of people who have been perverted. They have turned their turned away from God, maybe not completely, but enough that the devil has had access. And he is getting in there and he's manipulating and he's perverting, he's corrupting, he's twisting. Uh, the people of this generation, and they're doing things that do not please God. They're disobedient. And it happened because there was no faith, or there was little faith. Here it says no faith. So there is a direct correlation between faith, fear, and perversity. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 21. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and he is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted generation." How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive him out? And Jesus said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. 
For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Okay, now we're going to dive into this. I want to start at the ending. It says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He's not referring to the demon. This verse is referring to the faith. This kind of faith does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Sometimes you have to fast to get your mind and your body in alignment with your spirit. Sometimes fasting, what it will do, the purpose of fasting, and and, uh, this is just going to be a nutshell, is that you are telling your body to shut up. And you're telling your mind, who keeps telling you you're hungry, you need to eat, you're telling your mind to shut up and get out of the way. And what it does is it silences the mind, it silences the body, and you get to that point where your prayer is so strong and your faith increases so much that you have this, where this kind, this kind of faith does not, it can't be used except by prayer and fasting. So you're going to have that point. And I'm not doing that justice, but that's another conversation for another time. Just understand he's not talking about here the demon. He's talking about the faith. This kind of faith does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, let's back up. Did you see here, if you look at verse 17, I want you to look at verse 17 and verse 20. So in verse 17, you see, he says, you unbelieving and perverted generation. And down in verse 20, he says, because of the littleness of your faith. Again, the correlation between faith, fear, and perversity is right here in your face. It's here for you to see and to say, okay, I get it. When you have a lack of faith, when your faith is weak, then you're going to be subject to unbelief. You're going to be subject to uh, the, the perversion, the corruption, the twisting, the the counterfeiting of the devil. You're going to be susceptible. And and so what's the answer? The answer is to be full up on your faith. Keep keep the and that's why the word says, you know, keep the word of God before you day and night. It's not literally 24 hours a day. What you, what they're saying is just you have to have the word so in you that you can constantly keep your faith tank filling up, even as you're using it, because you should be like a river, right? You've got more coming in than what you have going out, but you're not retaining it to the point to where nothing is getting out, okay? You have massive amounts coming in. You have overflow coming into you, okay? Out of the overflow, there should be going out. And and so you want to keep your faith constantly being filled. It's very vital. That's how we we defend ourselves against the enemy. And that's how we make, um, make use of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Okay, so 
Paul and, and Peter and Jesus, these guys didn't do these things of their own power. The miracles that they performed, the healings that they performed, the raising of the dead, the driving out of the demons, this was not something they performed out of their own power, nor out of their own authority. Now, after Jesus was resurrected due to the covenant, we have the authority of Jesus, okay? Because we have the name of all, above all names. So we have that authority through him in the name of Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. And he's going to lead us and guide us and, and show us how to use that power and that authority as a one-two punch that just gets the work done. But we have to have our faith built up to be able to do that. And, and faith will... And don't confuse um, unbelief in your mind with unbelief in your heart, okay? Because if you, and again, it goes back to meditation. If you get a verse, like I studied the verse, uh, like I, I used 2 Timothy 1.7, that's what I do. I meditate that verse, okay? I get that verse in front of me, and I'm speaking that verse, and I'll speak the first word out and put the emphasis on the first word, which for God gave did not give me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, Love and a sound mind. The next time I go through it, I'm going to say, for God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. For God did not give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And I just keep going through and I keep moving that emphasis on the next word. Okay? And I do that until you get all the way through the verse. And it may seem a little silly at first, but once you start doing it, you're going to notice that that's getting down inside you. Glory to God, I can walk anywhere and I know if the spirit of fear is trying to come on me and I recognize it, I can say, uh-uh, no, that's not from God. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of power. He gave me a spirit of love and he gave me a spirit of a sound mind. And so this does not belong to me. I refuse it. I rebuke it. Done. It's not mine. And I have that power. I have that authority. In Jesus' name, I rebuke it. And, and so I can kick fear in the face that way. It, it, we have to go back to the fact that we see here that first there's an unbelieving and perverted generation and there is littleness of faith or smallness of faith or a lack of faith, however you want to say it. And they couldn't do anything for this child but Jesus could, because in this situation, Jesus, he had just come back from prayer and fasting. He was fully charged, and there was no unbelief, no doubt, no fear in Jesus. Jesus listens to the, what the Father says. He says what the Father says. He does what he sees the Father do. Remember that, because that was a model for us. We are to hear from the Lord through the Holy Spirit and know what we are to say, and we are to know what we are to do. So the disciples, they just their faith was not where it should have been. And so if their faith was weak, I don't know. I, all I can do is speculate and say, we see a correlation, a direct correlation between faith, fear, and perversion. Well, if 
he says that they are a perverted generation, unbelieving and perverted, then that, that, that means there's fear in there. And the fear outweighed the faith in this instance, and they could not get this child healed. So let's move on from there. Um, yes, and here's a note that I want you to have on this. Where there is a lack of faith, there is no authority and no power to command the enemy. Did you get that? When there's a lack of faith, there is no authority and no power to command the enemy. You've got to keep your faith tank full. If you keep your faith tank full, then you have the authority in Jesus' name and the power through the Holy Spirit to command the enemy to leave you. And he must do it. So there are several supporting verses in this. I'm not going to go through these verses uh, one by one, but they'll be in the notes on the website. Just go in there and find it. And you can see these verses that do indeed uh, support this. And there are a lot of verses. Okay, there's Matthew. There's some in Mark. Uh, there's some in Luke that I used here. You just have to go through and see them. Second Corinthians, Galatians, Luke again. Um, and, and just... Get into them and, and study them. Now, what I have done on these verses that we're going through and that, that I'm using to support, I'll give you this hint. I have the Greek for whatever version of fear they're using. I have the translation of it and the same with hate. So what you can do is you can go in and look at these verses with that in there and it'll show you which Greek word they used for fear at that point and, and in a nutshell what that means. And for hate. So just so you understand in the Greek, there are eight different words that they use for fear. And each one of them translates just a little bit differently. So it, it changes the meaning of the verse. And there are four uh, for hate. And so again, that will change your perception of what they're saying in those verses. Let's see here. Let's go down to Luke chapter 12. Uh, verses 1 through 12. And let's take a peek at this. And it says, Under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, he, Jesus, began saying to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he is killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man, will confess him also before the angels of God. 
But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word about the Son of Man, excuse me, everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. This is a pretty big paragraph, and there's quite a bit of different things going on here. But he's telling them, look, don't get caught up in the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And that hypocrisy was brought around by fear because hypocrisy is a a perversion of what God wants you to do. And so that's fear-driven. The the Pharisees, and even Jesus said, look, do what they say, but don't do what they do. And I know we have that saying that, you know, people are going to do what you do, not what you say. But here Jesus is telling them, beware of the, of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So beware of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. In, in other areas, he told them, straight up, look, don't do what the Pharisees do. Okay? Do what they say. Because when they read from scriptures, they're telling you how to live a godly life. But if you're watching them in action, you're not going to witness a godly life. You're going to witness hypocrisy. You're going to witness a life that is twisted, perverted, and corrupted because of fear. Fear of what? Well, they like the high places. They like the best seats. They like the the grand entrance and, and all of that. And that's driven by fear that somebody else may show them up or, you know, maybe they won't be seen as valuable or, or something along those lines. I mean, fear gets in there and just drives those things. It creates insecurity in us. And, and we desire these vain things, which is hypocritical. Uh, it's If we find these things in ourselves, like I've said, God is refining us. We realize that there is a change to be made, and he's the one to help us make it. And he's going to help burn away the impurities and leave the pure gold of us in Christ Jesus. So, and he's telling, he's telling everybody right here. He says, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will will not be known. God's not surprised by what goes on. There's not a secret from God. He knows. And the Holy Spirit indwells us. Who are we going to fool? Now, as we look at this and we move on down, it says, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more than they can do. So the Pharisees, even if they punish you and they they kill you, they have no authority beyond the grave to do anything to you. Don't be afraid of them. The worst that they can do is take your body from you. You are still excuse me, still spirit and soul. You still belong to the kingdom of God. And God is going to look out for you. He's going to care for you. Um, You know, he says, do not fear. You're more valuable than many sparrows. 
and and who confesses me before men, I will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me, well, why are you going to deny Jesus? In that time and that day and age, they denied Jesus to the Pharisees because they were afraid of the Pharisees. They will cast you out of the, the inner courts. They will do things to you. They'll lock you up. Whatever it was, they were afraid of what the Pharisees would do to them. And so they would deny Jesus before them. Look at Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Right? Just perfect example. And it was fear-driven. Okay? So we see a correlation. Low faith equals fear and perversion. High faith rebukes fear and perversion. So we want to pay attention to that. I'm not going to get a lot into blaspheming the Holy Spirit right here. That's really not a subject for right now. Just know that it can be done and it's not good. Um, But also notice right here. It says, when they bring you, in verse 11 and 12, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Don't go around contemplating all day long what you want to say to a particular person because then you know you're going to come up against them and they're going to give you trouble about the Word of God. Don't. Just turn it over to the Holy Spirit and let Him speak through you. Let Him show you what to say. If anything, it may be like Jesus when He was dealing with the men who were accusing the woman of being an adulterer. And they were ready to stone her to death, but they were also testing Jesus. Jesus didn't rise up to it when they questioned him and they put it to him what was the first thing jesus did he he continued drawing in the dirt he didn't respond right away and when he did respond he didn't respond the way they thought he would well and, and it's my belief that that delay was jesus hearing what god wanted him to say how god wanted him to respond to this situation because he was led by god He didn't just react. And in this world, we have this tendency to just, that fear gets in and like, crap, what do I say? You know, uh, oh man, oh, here comes Joe. And I know Joe's going to ask me about this and I really don't know it, but I don't want to look stupid. So I'm going to make up a bunch of junk and I'm just going to put this piece and this piece and this piece together. And it's going to sound good and Joe will leave me alone and I look good. But God doesn't want you to do that. God's saying right here, The Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So if we give the Holy Spirit room to work in us and through us, we're not going to fail. We're going to be successful. And what does or does not come out of our mouth is going to be something that will most likely witness with that person or those people. So, and realize, the world, here's the big note on this is the world hates God and has the ability to kill the body, but they don't have the ability to cast you into hell. They cannot hurt you beyond death, period. Luke 
chapter 12, and this is the last little section we're going to go through and we'll wrap it up. Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 32. And I'll read these to you. And this is Jesus again. And it says, And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom, no no barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink and Do not keep worrying. For all these things, the nations of the world, they eagerly seek. But your Father knows that you need these things. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Now, my note on this is when we have faith in God and speak God's word, refusing to speak doubt, we put the Holy Spirit to work. So let's go over some of this really quick. So when he says in the very first, in verse 22, when he says, do not worry about your life, worry is a form of fear of doubt, of unbelief, of uncertainty that we just, our mind does not know what to do with. And so if we're not careful, that fear, that worry, that concern can begin looping in our mind and we are catching ourselves thinking on that constantly. And if we are thinking on worry or concern or fear uh, constantly, or any form of perversion, then we're not thinking on God in that moment. Okay? That's key. Do you see this? Where fear is, faith is weak. Or where faith is weak, fear and perversion is. And that's what we're talking about here. Jesus already told us, cast our cares upon Him. His yoke is light. Glory to God. And the anointing, it's a yoke-breaking anointing, okay? So we have these things in front of us, but then we get caught up in our worries, our concerns about this bill, that bill. Um, You know, am I going to be able to make it to work tomorrow? What am I going to do for a new job? Whatever it is, we get these, and it can be silliness. Job got caught up in worry. Job was worried about his kids sinning, and what happened? It brought him to a place where he got over into fear and his disobedience allowed the devil to come in and start working in his life. And we know how that turned out for him. 
Okay, but by the grace of God, God came back into his life. And do you understand that even though he lost everything, he had twice what he had within nine months? That's a lesson. God will come in. He's not going to leave us. All we have to do is make sure that we are putting him first. Okay? Put the word of God first. When fear starts coming in, as soon as you recognize that fear, you need to turn on your faith. You need to turn on the word of God and you need to start using the authority given you in Jesus' name and rebuking that because it is an element of the devil. It is used by those foul spirits, by the demons, by the principalities to gain access to you so that they can start working in you and through you. We don't want that. Fear drives hate. It doesn't matter what that hate is. It's driven by fear. Somehow, some way. And fear is faith perverted. So we need to get back to faith, right? So he's telling him right here, do not worry. He's shown you so many times. that I, God's saying, look, I feed the birds. I feed the animals. They don't have storehouses. They don't grow crops and go to the market and all of this. But you do. And if I can take care of them... Don't be so self-reliant that you don't allow me into your life to take care of you. Give him place. Give him first place so that he can care for you. Okay? That's, and anytime you see the word worry in here, you know, you can see that that worry is a lack of faith, which leads to, you know, Lack of faith leads to fear, leads to perversion. Just get that down in you. And you will understand if I'm finding fear and perversion in my life or fear and corruption, fear and, and torment, fear and however you want to say it, you finding those things in your life, the key is to recognize it and to use the name of Jesus Christ and do something about it. He gave us everything we need. And he's telling us, he's reminding us here in these verses. <laughs> I took care about the grasses. I took care of the lilies and, and all of this. And, and um, you know, rely on me. Trust me. But don't get over into fear. As soon as you see that fear, you kick it in the face. Okay? And, and don't get offended if you realize that you have little faith or you feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you, Men of little faith. Okay, correction sometimes. It might smart a little bit, but do you understand the, the increase that you receive from correction? Glory to God, that's what you want because that is the refining process. So be, um, receive, I should say, receive that correction. Receive it. When the Lord corrects you, it's something to receive because that's one one little notch closer to, to a greater thing. And it's not something to and we the only reason we have trouble with correction is because we have trouble with submission. We can't submit to another man or we can't submit to God because well, if you're submitting to then you're putting their mission in life or their mission at the moment ahead of your mission, whatever that might be. It's a lot of self. 
A lack of submission is somebody who's stuck on pride or they're just very selfish. They just, they can't give that power and that authority over to God and they won't submit to him. So a submission is key. You want to be able to submit to God and say, you know what? I received that correction because that correction is refining me. It is growing me. It is changing me into the man that I am supposed to see in the mirror when I look in the mirror every day. And when I look in the mirror, I want to see me in Christ Jesus. I don't want to see just me in the world. And so these are the little things that you need to be open to. And, and, uh, and I can say this because I've gone through. I've gone through the issue of not being able to submit to a man or to God. And I've been corrected and I've been refined and I've come out the other end and I have no issue with it. And so I know. And, and fear. I've been through fear. Okay? All of us have. But now I understand. I've been through the fire and I'm understanding that when my faith is weak, that allows fear to come in. And when fear comes in, it can drive me to do things that I wouldn't do normally. Okay? And that perversion... And the perversion could be anything. And your perversion may not be a perversion to somebody else. But it is to you because it's getting in the way. It's twisting things up so that your fear becomes stronger than the Word of God in your life. And and now it is perverted. Because it's got the wrong place in your life. And somebody out there needs this. I don't know who it is, and and God love you. I love you. Receive this. If you've got something going on in your life, it doesn't matter what that perversion is. It could be pornography. It could be smoking. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying smoking is a sin. I'm not going there. But smoking, if it comes before your God, if it comes before your spouse, if it comes before your kids, if it comes before your family, it is indeed a perversion. It is out, your alignment's out of whack. Anything that throws your alignment askew is a perversion because it's perverting God's position in your life. So if it's drugs, if it's tobacco, if it's alcohol, if it's women or men or uh, same sex or uh, uh, a lack of commitment, adultery, a lack of commitment, adultery. That makes sense to me. Pornography, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be yours. First, know that. Accept down into you. Here's what I want you to receive. That perversion does not belong to me and I don't have to receive it. Get that down in your heart. Every time it comes up. And I will use, uh, let me use drinking because it's an easy one to, everybody's familiar with it and and I can use that. Okay. Change your power of association. Quit hanging out with the guys and the gals at the bar and find a different place to hang out. That's the easiest thing to slow down and help you get that under control. Once you, you know, you've kind of disassociated with the ones you've been associating with, when, when that drink comes up in your hand and you're going to take a drink, 
just tell yourself, this, this is a perversion, and I don't have to receive it. Okay? And if you're drinking it anyway, I mean, just but keep recognizing it as a corruption, a perversion. It's something that you don't have to have and you don't have to receive. And if you are vocalizing that, there's going to come a time when your faith is stronger than your fear. And you're going to look at it like I did with cigarettes. You're going to look at it and you're going to say, thank you, God, because of your help, because of your strength. I have been refined and cigarettes no longer interest me. A matter of fact, I find cigarettes repulsive. And that was, that was what happened in me, with me, for me, however you want to put it. And now when I'm around somebody who smokes or if I'm around somebody that is smoking, the smell of it disgusts me. It's not the person, it's the cigarette. The person never disgusts me. The cigarette does, the smell does. And that's from somebody who smoked for quite a while. But see, now that desire is gone. That desire is totally gone for me. I didn't do it on my own. God helped me refine that part of the impurity, burn it up to consume it, to get it away from me. Because now I, re- I, I, I recognize, okay, my, when my faith is strong, even if my faith begins to get weak and I recognize fear in my life or I recognize some kind of a, a perversion or corruption, a, a twisting, I am very quick to get on top of it and say, no, no, that doesn't belong to me. I don't have to receive it. And I refuse it in Jesus name. You are strong, not in yourself. You are strong in Christ Jesus. Look at scripture and where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not, I can do all things in myself. No, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You are strong because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have Christ living with you. And through Christ, in Christ, by Christ, learn what you are in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. Okay? Look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror in the morning, you should be seeing... And uh, let's use John Doe, okay, for a name. You look in the mirror and you see John in Christ Doe. You don't just see John Doe. You see John in Christ Doe. You see John, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Doe. You see John, the victor, the joint heir in Jesus, the more than a conqueror. In Christ Jesus, the above and not the below. Do. Get this down inside you. Meditate the Word of God. Go through Him. Kenneth E. Hagin's got a great little booklet, and it only takes you, man, you might take an hour reading through it, uh, especially, and maybe longer if you go through all the verses that he has listed in the back. But he's got a great little booklet, a mini book called In Him. And I will, in the next day or two, I, I will post a link on the notes or in the notes 
when I post them for this little booklet. I highly recommend it to everybody because he takes you through the process of looking at yourself in Christ Jesus. Who are you in Jesus? Because your strength doesn't come from yourself. The power doesn't come from yourself. The authority does not come from yourself. You can do nothing of your own self. But in Christ Jesus, you can do all things. Isn't that glorious? Glory to God. I know I went a little longer than I wanted to. Um, but this is a great subject and we're really going to get, there's so much to delve into. I'm not yet sure how many episodes we're going to have of this. This is only episode number two and, and we're, we're not even breaking ground yet. Okay. So this is going to be really enlightening. I'm really enjoying this again. Make sure you're visiting the website. Uh, you can go on there, make comments, hit the contact page, leave us a note. Check out the resources, truepatriotministries.org. And if you want to add it to your Feedly or your RSSS feed, it's going to be truepatriotministries.org slash feed. And my blog will add, be added to your feed. Okay, and that's a great way to keep up with it. Uh, podcasts, we're doing ministry shorts every Wednesday. That's five minutes or less with your favorite scriptures. If you have scriptures that you'd like to hear about, send them to me. Send them to my email, reach out at truepatriotministries.org or go to the contact page and send it to me. Uh, either way, I will make a list of these and and uh, every Wednesday we'll go over one of them. Okay, and we'll kind of expound on that. And it's five minutes or less. So it's just a quick little pick me up. And that's what it's designed for. Just a little pick me up and to get verses in your head. Okay, get them into your meditation so that you can get them down in your heart. There are so many verses in the Word of God that just pour into you and speak to you. And this is a great way to touch on them. You might be listening to a ministry short, and who knows, maybe three out of four you don't get anything out of, but that fourth one, we go over a verse that just hits you, and you can use it. That's glorious. It, it, it's... So don't come into it. I, you should come into it expecting to receive on every episode. But don't be disappointed if you feel like you don't, because you're getting the Word of God in you and you're building yourself up. And that's a great thing. It's a fantastic thing. Okay? Always use Scripture. If there is ever any doubt, verify. When I post the notes with all the scriptures, make sure you're going into your own Bible and you're verifying these scriptures. You're reading these scriptures out. You're verifying what I'm saying is the truth of God. Okay? Don't take my word for it. Double check me. Please. Because I don't want you getting error and I don't want to be teaching error. So you have a responsibility to verify what you're receiving. Now, always come into these things expecting to receive. Always. Because if you come in and you set the standard of, I expect to receive something from this today, you will most definitely receive probably an abundance of things and not just one thing. God can reveal things to you and, and what he can reveal to you in a split second will take you 30 minutes to explain to somebody. And it happens a lot. Expect it. Expect revelation. Expect wisdom. Glory to God. He's got it there for you. Expect it. So again, ministry shorts, five minutes or less, favorite uh, favorite verses, 
every Wednesday. Every Sunday, we have a full-blown episode of our podcast. And uh, like I said, right now, we're on on fear and hate. And uh, we're just scratching the surface here. I'm really enjoying this. I get excited about this because there is so much in the Word of God that we need to know. And it's fun. It's exciting. You should be having a great time with this. Now, um, I truly enjoyed being with you today. May the good Lord bless you. May His favor, His grace be upon you. Walk in love. And bless. Be, be sure you're blessing others as you go. It could be a smile. It could be a good word. It could be a nod. Just a, an, an acknowledgement. Hey, I see you. And you're alive. You're here in front of me. You know, and, and you have value in this world. It doesn't have to be anything fantastic. It can be. But be led of the Spirit. Let people know. Glory to God. People, when they look at you, they ought to know that you're blessed and you're highly favored. Five, uh, highly, good Lord, help me. You are blessed and you are highly favored. I'm getting so excited. My tongue is not keeping up with my heart here. Glory to God. So it's just have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy your day. Be blessed. Be strong in the Lord. Glory to God. Do not let fear drive you into hate. And when you see hate, recognize the fear that drives it. Ask the Lord. Glory to God. I see that person over there and they're living in hate. I see this hate they've got surrounding them. What's driving that, Lord? What fear is it that is driving that? And, and you know, possibly he'll give you a word on that. But to see it, recognize it. Start to, to get to where you, you can look on it. And you can see it, you can uh, perceive it, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't get on you, okay? It, it doesn't get on you. You don't want it getting on you. But the love of God, it can overwhelm your heart. You can feel mercy. You can feel uh, sorrow for that person. Um, that's not abnormal. It doesn't mean that you're able to do something. If you're led of God and He wants you to do something, it'll happen. You can make, you can go do what God says to do. Just make sure you're hearing from the Lord. Again, I, you've got me all wound up. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a blast. Guys, I love you. God loves you. And uh, find out. Find out who you are in Jesus. Get your identity so, so solid. In Christ Jesus, that nothing in this world and nothing of this world can rock you. God bless. Have a great Sunday. We will talk to you on Wednesday. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love.